With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome into another episode of the Rocky Top Talk podcast. I am Terry Lambert. Joined as always by Evan Winter. Evan, it's been a minute. Yeah, it has. Um, a lot a lot has happened since the last time we recorded. Um, so, yeah, but it's good to be on uh, nevertheless and ready to talk some balls. Yeah, we've been uh, been busy. I've been through a move and just trying to get healthy and allergies have been killing me. But we're back. Uh, good to be back. Hopefully we're going to start recording these a little more regularly now uh, that we're all settled in. I uh, wanted to remind you, we write for RockyTopTalk.com, breaking down... Uh, everything. It, it's a it's a busy time of year. Uh, you got football in full swing, of course. Recruiting never stops, but basketball is starting to fire up. So that's a that's a fun time there. Uh, check out all the stuff on RockyTopTalk.com daily. Uh, you can also find this podcast there. Again, we're gonna start recording these a little more regularly. So hopefully you'll subscribe and leave us a five star rating if you would like. All right, uh, we are going to talk a little football to start tonight, and then we'll move into basketball. Tennessee picked up a really, really, really big win uh, over the weekend against Mississippi State. First SEC win of the year, uh, you know, pretty convincing. I-, I thought Tennessee could have won that game by two or three touchdowns. Uh, it was it was evident who was the better team on Saturday. Uh, really good to see Tennessee really on both sides kind of manning up at the line of scrimmage, uh, running the football, stopping the run. Uh, Mississippi State had one of the better rushing attacks in the country coming in. And uh, Tennessee with, you know, honestly, not a lot of talent up front, shut them down. So, uh, you know, good to see progress there. Uh, after the, the rough start, you're starting to see signs of life. Um, you know, I, I think Brian Maurer being inserted into the starting lineup has had a ripple effect on this entire team. Uh, it's exciting to see. I, I just wish maybe Alabama wasn't this weekend so they could continue this momentum. Absolutely. Actually, I wish South Carolina was this weekend because, I mean, I just don't – they're going to have an emotional letdown. I, I know you don't always want to bank on the emotional letdown type thing or type scenario. Um, that can always come around to bite you, but this is college football, and you know for a fact after the rough season that South Carolina's had, um, I, this would be a great weekend to play. But anyway, we're not talking about that. Yeah, man, awesome, awesome performance against um, uh, Mississippi State. When Jeremy Pruitt has this team ready to play in the SEC games, they win. They look good. I mean, we saw it in Auburn against Auburn last year in Kentucky as well. Um, both not necessarily dominating wins, but wire to wire wins. Uh, you know, Tennessee came out, played a full four quarters. You didn't take any trick plays or any gimmicks or any 58-yard field goals to win the game. So, and and a lot of the things they did on Saturday, 
were indicative of growth, like you said, mainly from what I saw, 7 of 15 on third down and only three penalties. Oh, my God, man. I was so happy to see only three penalties happen because how many times have we seen them kill themselves on a drive, um, you know, with a bad holding call or a defensive holding call or a defensive pass interference call that's just absolutely sent this team into the tank whenever they've had um, any kind of modicum of momentum going on. So, overall, yeah, Saturday was great. Doesn't mean, you know, we're going to hang tough with uh, Alabama this weekend, but at least it opens the door now for wins against, you know, your Kentucky and your Vanderbilts and maybe your South Carolinas here in a couple weeks. So definitely a a lot of encouraging and positive signs from Saturday's win. Yeah, I'm actually excited about the second half of the season. You know, it it just, again, Brian Mallory being inserted into the lineup has changed so much, you know. just seems like there was no hope with Jared Garantano and, uh, finally, you've got something to, to look forward to there. Um, I, I was really impressed with this defensive front. Seven yeah. sacks. Uh, I mean, Tennessee couldn't get pressure on anybody to start the year. Uh, Daryl Taylor comes out with two sacks. You know, Jeremy Pruitt's been challenging him uh, to, to elevate his play. I thought he did. Uh, that, that was a big deal. And you had a, just a cast of characters getting a sack apiece. So uh, really mixed up the pressures. Uh, Mississippi State, that offense, man, that was really rough. Uh, I don't know why Joe Moorhead thought that Tommy Stevens was his answer at quarterback, but <laughs> but hey, I'll, I'll take it. I, I mean, yeah, he was but... six of eleven for sixty-seven yards, two picks, looked terrible. Uh, had a QBR of twenty-two. Looking at ESPN right now, um, and, and he inserts Garrett Schrader into the lineup uh, after halftime. Offense instantly changed, uh, instantly wakes up. Uh, Schrader ends up being the leading rusher by quite a bit, 13 carries for 62 yards. Uh, I think this is a different ball game if Schrader plays the whole thing, but thankfully uh, Joe Moorhead opted to go with Stevens. So uh, a really, really impressive performance by Tennessee, uh, particularly on the defensive side. Didn't give up a touchdown until the, the very end of the ball game when Mississippi State tried to make it a game. And, you know, look, we haven't had a chance to talk about Jerry Garantano and, and how bad he was to start this season. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But put that aside, Jerry Garantano coming out and going 6-7 uh, for 106 yards and a touchdown didn't do a whole lot. Kind of took what the defense gave him. But to find Tyler Bird uh, and put that game away, that just had to be an awesome feeling for him. Yeah, and it's just a good attribute. Or sorry, it's a good, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? I don't know. It's just a good. It's a good way to show him that he still mean not only means still still means something to the program, but it's just a good feeling to see him go out there and help the team win, especially in a game that they really really needed. And after everything he's been through, I mean, he's just gotten the crap beat out of him the last three years. And we all know the lack of progression and the lack of improvement is mainly on him. But you still like to see somebody who's gone through the ringer like him come out and help his team hold on to a lead and lead him to a victory. And Tyler Bird, too. Uh, that's such yeah, a cool story. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a guy that came in as a freshman, and, you know, w- with that speed, you thought, hey, this guy's going to be something down the road. And it just didn't happen. I, 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 he just couldn't find a role. I, I, I don't know why it didn't happen. Uh, he was moved to defense when Pruitt got here, flipped back to offense. Uh, it's kind of crazy that they never found a role for that speed, which I, I think is legitimately 4-3. Um, but, but to see him 
kind of come away with the the final nail in the coffin was really cool. Um, yeah, I, I want to move on to Brian Maurer here. Uh, was named the starter against Georgia. Comes out and throws uh, two quick touchdowns. Man, Neyland Stadium was rocking when that guy threw those two touchdowns. Uh, Tennessee looked like a legitimate top team for a quarter against Georgia, which, you know, that's a big step considering what we've seen on the field. Uh, I know they didn't put four together. They never were against Georgia. They're just not that talented yet. But Brian Maurer breathed life into this offense, attacking down the field, uh, looked comfortable in the pocket, you know, just quick, one, two, three, balls out, Uh, looked like a veteran. So a little bumpy uh, against Mississippi State. I I thought he moved the ball really, really well between the 20s, but made two bonehead decisions uh, in the end zones, which cost Tennessee 14 points. And and that's what you're going to get. That's what you're going to get with a freshman He's got a he's got a play to grow out of that, but um, the future looks I, I I don't know if I want to say bright, but uh, you can at least see a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel now. Well, and I think one reason why he threw those two interceptions was he was trying to take a shot, he was trying to put points on the board, he was trying to make a play, and honestly, especially with the younger quarterback, I know it's a little bit different context with Garantano. Um, since he's a more senior quarterback, you don't want to make him see, or you don't want him to see a stupid decision like that or see him make a stupid decision like that. But at the same time, we haven't seen anybody just try to make a play at that position in probably a year and a half. And it feels good right now, honestly. And you're willing to take those lumps right now because he is a freshman. And his decision making will get better. Um, you will hope, at, you would hope at least. And Jim Cheney will find ways to get him to or to get him to teach him you know how to make better decisions but at the same time it's relieving to see a quarterback go out there and play with confidence and take shots down the field and not be afraid to do so and ultimately it should work out as long as the staff knows what they're doing and after that big win your reward is alabama uh, a trip to Tuscaloosa. 34-point uh, underdog. In Thirty, Yeah, 35-and-a-half is the last number right, I saw. Um, I, that is the second biggest number Tennessee has ever been as an underdog. Uh, first coming in 2017 to this same Alabama team. Uh, they actually hung tough that day, and it got away from them late. Um, that was the final year of Butch Jones. They ended up losing 45-7. to Alabama still covered. Um, so, uh, this Alabama team is different. It's different than any Alabama team that I've seen in the last decade. Uh, they're the sixth ranked offense in the country and look, they should be number one. I mean, they take their foot off the gas in the fourth quarter, uh, to a tongue of Viola could throw for about 600 yards a game and, and seven touchdowns if, if he was allowed to, um, they, they just, they, they kill people. And this passing attack is tough to handle. Uh, you've got four game breakers at receivers. Uh, Devonta Smith, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddle. I mean, all of those guys. All of those guys probably run a 4-3. I mean, I don't know where they find these guys. I don't know how they convince them to go to Alabama. But they use them all. And it is just going to be a nightmare of a situation for the Tennessee defense on Saturday night. 
Yeah, it's not going to be good. I mean, not only do they have speed, but you have a guy like Judy who's just physical as hell and will go up and get the ball. Yeah, they're second in the country at 51 points per game, which is just absolutely unreal. The only thing more unreal than that is LSU is actually <laughs> number one at 52 <laughs> points per game. So that's the only crazy thing. And and yeah, dude. I mean, I think I think earlier I was when I was doing some research. I think they're eighty eight percent scoring in the red zone. I mean, just just absolutely unreal. Um, it's gonna be a rough day on defense for a defense that just played really well, and just hopefully they can keep in mind that Saturday will not define them. Saturday is not who they are. They just have to realize who they're going up against. And honestly, man, I think Henry Ruggs, especially with Trayvon Flowers after he's his broken leg, I think that dude is going to take the absolute top off this defense. They'll probably focus on Judy more than anything, but Ruggs is just—I think he's going to—he might—he might have 200 yards receiving on Saturday. Yeah, I don't know how you can focus on any of them. I mean, you've—they're right. all just so dangerous. I mean, you focus on Judy, and Devonta Smith is going off for 220 and four touchdowns like he did a couple weeks ago. Right. Uh, Henry Ruggs can can score from anywhere. I, you know, Bryce Thompson is, is a really good player, but he can only take one of them away. And even then, you know, Bryce is going to get beat on Saturday. It's yep. just going to happen. So it's just one of those spots where Tennessee is going to take their lumps. And look, it's a nine o'clock kickoff in in That's Tuscaloosa. Alabama is going to be showing their their new fancy light show. They're going to have all the five stars in attendance. It's just not setting up for a great situation uh, for Tennessee. But it'll be interesting to see how they respond. It'll it'll be I'm really interested to see how they you know get up off the mat and, and battle uh, because they're going to get their teeth knocked in. You know that that's the that's the honest truth. Uh, but how does Brian Maurer get up? How does he respond to throwing two more interceptions? I, I want to see that. I want to see this team have some fight. Because quite honestly, to start the year against Georgia State, you didn't see any fight. Uh, but now you're starting to see those tables turn a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, they might be able to find some room against this defense. This is not your typical uh, Alabama defense. Uh, they allow about 130 yards on the ground. Um, which, you know, in college football, that's not the greatest in the world. But still, that's some kind of room. We've seen them before allow only 90 yards on the ground, so on and so forth. Um, you can make plays against them in the red zone as well. On red, their red zone scoring defense isn't the greatest. Um, I think it's it's one of the lower-ranked uh, red zone scoring defenses, if I remember correctly. And then also, would you believe me if I told you that Tennessee has just as many sacks as Alabama does on the season? Wow. Uh, yeah, no, I would not. Yeah, 15 <laughs> sacks, man. 15 sacks each one. Yeah, well, I looked that up earlier. I was just like, whoa, huh. hold up a second. I was like, that is crazy. So, yeah, um, I mean, the defense, I think they might be able to find – I mean, we got an, we got an uh, improving offensive line. If they can just find some kind of way to keep the running game going like we did from last week, I mean, you never know. I mean, they, they could at least keep it competitive for the first half or at least the first 20 minutes like they did with Georgia. Talking to a, a buddy in, in Alabama, he was telling me, he, he watches Alabama Weekly, and he, he was t telling me how the pace of the offense kind of affects the defense in his mind. You know, I, they don't really sustain drives. They just score. Uh, so, you know, Alabama gets a stop, and two plays later they're in the end zone, and the Alabama defense is back on the field. So uh, maybe that's something to watch. Uh, look, Alabama's going to get theirs. I mean, they're going to put up whatever Nick Saban wants. 
but I will be encouraged if I see Tennessee score 21, 24, 27 points, something like that. At least look competitive on the offensive side. At least continue this uh, this momentum that Brian Maurer has. So not expecting anything. Definitely not expecting an upset. Just want to see a pulse. Just want to see these guys out here looking like they have for the last two weeks. Uh, keep that arrow pointing up. And things can get interesting down the stretch. I mean, you look at a potential path to a bowl, it's very narrow, and there's not much room for error. But it starts with that South Carolina matchup. And, you know, you're going to have to pull an upset against Missouri probably. Uh, but the games against Vanderbilt, games against Kentucky, games against UAB, you know, it, it wasn't too long ago we were talking about can Tennessee win two or three games. Right. Now I, I feel pretty comfortable saying they're going to get to five, which after how this thing started out, you know, I'll, I'll take. Oh, that's a victory all day. If they can get to five wins, yeah, and especially beat Vanderbilt. That's just what – Yeah, it's ridiculous. After, yeah. Yeah, after after you know the BYU debacle, the Georgia State debacle, you know, at that point I was just like, just just beat Mandy at this point, just please let's do that and we'll be okay. And Vanderbilt lost by thirty to UNLV last yeah. weekend, so hope is I, high. Hope is high. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm not counting my chickens for the hatch, but right, right. this seems like the gear, which is a really sad statement. Oh, God, so <laughs> <laughs> All right, when we come back, we're gonna move on over to the basketball side of things. All right, we are back on the Rocky Top Talk podcast. Uh, Basketball Media Day, I believe it's tomorrow. And SEC Media revealed their picks for the 2019-20 season. Tennessee comes in fifth, uh, just two years removed, you know, famously being picked 13th and winning the SEC. Uh, They lose Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield, Jordan Bone, Kyle Alexander, uh, Derek Walker, DJ Burns transfer out. They're, they're still picked fifth. I think that speaks to uh, the culture that Rick Barnes has established. It also speaks to what Tennessee has coming back in two senior guards, uh, Jordan Bowden, Lamonte Turner. Uh, it's going to be a really, really different look for Tennessee this year. I think it'll be fascinating to watch Barnes kind of adapt uh, his offense from playing through Grant Williams, from playing through Admiral Schofield, uh, to, to becoming more guard-oriented. You've got five-star uh, Josiah James uh, coming in. Uh, so there's three really good guards on this team. Plenty of questions down low, but definitely not many questions at the guard spot. Yeah, you've got to be excited for what he's saying right now. Um, obviously, we know what this team has been like over the last two, three years. You know, you just talked about it going through Grant Williams and, and Admiral Schofield, a more slow-paced, you know, walking down the court type team. Um, but what I love more than anything is Barnes's willingness to adapt to what he has on the roster. A lot of coaches, you know, they you, you would think that, or we've seen, not you would just think, but we've seen um, them have success with that type of, let's say, system, for lack of a better word right now, going through Schofield, going through Grant. And for all we know, they could try to force a John Fulkerson into a Grant Williams type role or an Admiral Schofield type role, and that just wouldn't work. So it's awesome to see him uh, adjust to what he has on the roster, utilize the strengths of his roster, and that's the best way to win games. And, hell, if everything works out well and the big guys develop, I mean, you're talking about if you can get the, the outside going, I mean, this could be a pretty good team that we're talking about. Yeah, I, th- I think they're better 
than most on the outside are, are, are thinking they are. And, and I, I think that hinges on getting uh, Euros Plavsic uh, cleared. The seven-footer who's transferring in from Arizona State. Uh, seven-foot, 240 pounds. That's something Tennessee's never had. Yeah. Uh, you know, Kyle Alexander was out there. We, we've talked about it. He was a little soft. Uh, yeah. You know, thin, 215 pounds. Right. Plavsic is different. Uh, thicker. I think he's more of a presence down there. Uh, so first things first, you got to get him cleared. Assuming he does get cleared, uh, that's a big boost. Obviously, you're going to have to get better, more consistent play out of John Fulkerson. Guys like Zach Kent, uh, who we haven't seen anything of, but can can kind of shoot a little bit. Uh, he's going to have to perform. And then Eves Ponds, you're going to have to get yeah. something out of Ponds, yeah. uh, who's been so inconsistent. But this this program ha- has shown that if you stick around for for a few years, you're going to develop. So uh, we've got no reason to to doubt them at this point. I, I think you can expect Pons to take a step forward. Um, just looking at this team photo here, he he looks like the Incredible Hulk. I mean, <laughs> that dude is a monster. Uh, and then at the Rocky Top tip, tip off event, supposedly he was out there shooting threes and, and grabbing rebounds. So I think you're going to see him playing some sort of hybrid role in between the three and the four spot. Uh, I, I think that's an interesting piece for this team, a, a piece that, that Rick Barnes needs. But um, you're just you're just talking about a program that's just bringing people along. You know, Jalen Johnson, uh, that, that's another guy uh, that, that's going to have to make a big impact uh, on this team, our, one of our writers, Nick, who's going to write some basketball for us this year, he's got a great breakdown on RockyTopTalk.com if you want to check that out. Uh, it's just going to be fascinating to watch this team develop as the season goes on. Well, and as you mentioned in the article you posted um, on RockyTopTalk.com, um, you know, according to Pen, uh, Kim Palm, the balls were 164th in the nation in terms of tempo. That is crazy. So this is definitely going to be something unlike we've ever seen over the last four or five years. And I think, honestly, and like you said, a lot of people think they're not as good on the outside than they really are. Well, a lot of times you're outside shooting. I mean, not a lot of times, most of the time. Your outside shooting depends on rhythm. It depends on timing. It depends on flow. And if the, the balls were more, you know, dribble down the court, find the open shot when it came to the outside shooting. Now, if they're just marching down the court, flying down the court and hitting those transition jumpers, you know, those transition threes, you know, just making quick passes, quick decisions and up in the tempo, that's going to lend more credence into making those shots. And that's going to make them seem like a lot more efficient team on the outside than over years past. So it's going to be exciting to see how it all develops. Yeah. For those that missed it, Lamonte Turner said, uh, how, how is this team going to be different? And he said it's going to be faster paced. We're going to shoot the three more. You know, we're going to shoot with with more time left on the the shot clock. So, uh, you know, you might get a little bit of an Auburn vibe out of this team, uh, which would be a whole lot of fun with Turner and Bowden, who can really shoot the lights out. You know, the, the one concern there, they're, they're both pretty streaky. We saw both guys go ice cold at, at points last year. Tennessee can't have that. You know, if they go ice cold this year, Tennessee's not going to win the game that they're in. Uh, so Tennessee needs more consistent play, uh, particularly out of Bowden. You know, I think he's got to realize how good he is. I don't know if he knows how good he is. Uh, but that's a guy that that's garnered some, some NBA talk. Uh, so I, I think he can be a real difference maker for this team. 
perhaps the leading scorer for this team if he wants to be. So I'd really like to see an aggressive Jordan Bowden. You know, you know, Amate Turner is going to be aggressive. He doesn't have that problem. But um, again, guard play, not really my concern. It's how the, these pieces download develop. Um, we got two weeks until we hit the basketball court. Uh, they, they open up with a scrimmage on the 30th. That's in 15 days from right now. Uh, so basketball season is here. Uh, I, I think the season starts about 20 days from now. So three weeks from now, you'll have meaningful basketball being played in Knoxville once again. Uh, really, really exciting time. Again, if you haven't logged on and become a member of RockyTopTalk.com, do that. You can find all of our podcasts there. You can find all of our content basketball season is here it's going to be a fun time uh like i said if you haven't subscribed to this podcast if you like what you heard go ahead and subscribe we're going to start doing these weekly um especially as basketball season rolls on uh so as always thanks for listening for evan this is terry uh i hope you have a good one and we'll catch you next week